talk this morning about three answers every mother should know. Is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with your children? Three answers every mother should know. Is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with your child? Elisha, an understudy mentee of Elijah, came to Shunem regularly because he served not only as a prophet, but also as a kind of circuit judge. In Shunem, on the, on the eastern end of the Valley of Jezreel, lived a prominent woman whose name is not even mentioned in the scripture. But she gave Elisha the highest praise any man can ever receive. In verse 9 of chapter 4, to her husband she said, I perceive that this is a holy man of God. This woman spoke to her pastor one day and she said to him, Pastor, I, I, don't, I don't know, but I think something is wrong with me. She said, I don't feel a closeness with God. She said, I come to church. I, I read the scripture. I'm a Christian, but I don't feel God's closeness. She said, Pastor, do you think that God has favorites? To which the pastor answered, God does not have favorites, but he does have intimates. Somebody going to get that on the way to brunch. God does not have favorites. But if you talk to him often enough, you become an intimate of God, uh, a friend of God, a surrogate of the oracles of God. Not a favorite, but an intimate. This Shunammite woman recognized Elisha as one of God's intimates. She suggested to her husband that, that they build an upper room on the roof of their house where Elisha and his servant Gehazi could stay when they were in Shunem. Her husband agreed and they built this little uh, room for him with a, a table and a chair and a lamp and a bed so that Elisha could have some place to turn in. And the scripture says, because of her kindness, uh, because of her looking out for the man of God, Elisha asks, what do you want me to do for you? I have friends in high places, the scripture says. I know the king, I can get you in good with him if your husband needs a job. The woman says, we don't need anything. We just want to show you kindness. Gehazi knows that this woman has been trying to have 
a child. She's barren. God has never opened her womb. And so Elisha prays, and she and her husband, long after her childbearing years have passed, she's pregnant now with a child. She gives birth to this son, and she and her husband dote on this boy, she more than the husband. Time passes, and the boy now is about seven or eight years old, and he falls with a sunstroke. His father is out in the field. Read it when you get home. His father is out in the field, and the father is there, and the mother is in the house. The child is out there either playing or reaping with the harvesters, and he falls with a sunstroke, and the father takes him in the house and puts him on his mother's knees. And it is there on his mother's knees that he dies in her arms. She says to her servant, get the fastest horse that we have, and ride until your coattails are in the wind. Don't, don't look for me. Don't wait on me. Don't stop. Just keep going until we get to the man of God. You find Elisha in the valley of Jezreel. And when they get there, Gehazi sees the woman first. And she comes up to Elisha. And Elisha says to Gehazi, ask her before she gets to me. Is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with the child? And the woman says, it is well. But she lies. A woman's heart is an ocean of secrets. There are things that are going on underneath the skin that there's a pretty face on the outside but on the inside a storm is brewing. There's a, there's a facade, there's a look that we are expected to have because the world expects you to say you're doing fine when they ask how you're doing. Nobody really wants to know how you're doing. When people ask, how are you? They're not really interested in how you are. That's, that's just a form of greeting. That's just like saying, hello. They don't really care about how you are. But the man of God knows something is wrong because the scripture says when Elisha looks at her, her face is vexed. There's a vexation of spirit that means there is a bitterness in her. That Elisha wants to get out. He says, is it well with you? And she says, it is well. Mother, woman in Lily Grove this morning, is it well with you? The Shunammite woman said she was well, but she was lying. Private Grief had shattered her world and had stolen her pride and joy. She was experiencing what Dr. Tony Evans of Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship calls the mystery of suffering. Had she answered honestly, she would have admitted that she was, listen, quite 
upset with God. Because you, when you read the rest of the text, she says to Elisha, why would God give me this blessing and then take it away from me? And I'm trying to help somebody this morning to get you to realize that God is not offended when you question him. God is not taken aback because you are upset that things have not turned out the way you planned. You've prayed and asked God for this and maybe God has given it to you just to snatch it away from you. And when you are brutally honest with yourself and with God, you are, like I have been, upset. I asked God to keep my mother alive. And God took her away. I asked God for some things to happen in my life that I should be someplace else spiritually and emotionally. And God said, my grace is sufficient. Most gladly, therefore, now will I glory in my infirmity that the power of God may rest on me so that with my handicap, I can still give God glory. With my questions, I can still tell God, thank you. With my doubts, I can still raise my hands in the sanctuary and shout hallelujah. I don't follow God because I understand him. I follow him because I trust him. I don't, I don't believe because I understand. I try to understand because I believe. And I believe if God closes this door, he's getting ready to open another door. I believe if God shuts this down, he's getting ready to open this up. And if he doesn't do anything else, I wish I had somebody to help me preach it. Woman, mother, sister, give me an honest answer this morning. Is it well with you? I did not ask, how well is your career going? Is it well with you? I don't want to know if you have climbed the corporate ladder. Is it well with you? I did not ask how nice your house is. Or how much is in your 401k. Is it well with you? Mother, sister, woman, I did not ask, is it Gucci? A Prada, a Louis Vuitton, a Ferragamo, Christian Louboutin, a Givenchy. I want to know how are things where it really counts. Is it well with your soul? Because if you lose all that stuff, is it well? If that man walks out, is it well? If your children break your heart, is it well? 
if your health breaks down, is it well? When peace, like a river, attendeth my way when sorrow like sea billows roll. Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well. I wish I had a witness here. It's not always well in my health. But it's well with my soul. It's not always well with my children. But it is well with my soul. It's not always well in my family. But it is well. I wish I had somebody else here. To say sometimes I'm up. Sometimes I'm down. Sometimes I'm laughing to keep from crying. But if you ask me at 4 o'clock in the morning. It is well. Well, with my soul. Yeah. Sister, mother, woman, when I ask, is it well? I'm asking, are you saved? And if you are not saved, I don't care how much Gucci you wear, how much Prada, Louis Vuitton, Ferragamo, Christian Louboutin, or Givenchy, Walmart, or Marshalls. If you are not saved, it is not well. And then if you're saved, are you growing as a Christian? If you're being honest, would you have to admit, Pastor, it is not well? Maybe bitter disappointment and pain have, have, have come in your spirit and soured your spirit and hardened your heart and you cry out in anguish like that Shunammite woman. Why give me this blessing? And then jerk it away from me. Is it well? Let me say to the sister this morning. If you don't have a husband. Is it well with you and your children? Because if he's not there. Unfortunately, if he's not there, you got to stand in the gap and be all the woman that he was not a man. Somebody going to help me here in a minute. You have to be all the woman that he was not a man. And by that, I mean you've got to tell your boy, I'm your mama, but I'm not your girlfriend. I'm not picking up after you. I'm not treating you like or you like you my little man. Your father's not here. You need to tell your daughter, I'm not your girlfriend. We're not clubbing. We're not going out together. We are not friends. I got enough friends. 
I'm your mother and what I say go and if you don't like it get the hell out of this house you got to be all the woman that he was not a man and then woman sister if you don't have a husband if you don't have children, is it still well with you? Because if you do not have a husband, or God has not opened your womb to give you what you desire desperately, a child, I have a word for you from God himself. Isaiah chapter 54 and verse 1 says, Sing, O barren one. I wish I had a Bible reader. You who did not bear, break forth in the singing and cry loud. You who did not travail with child for the spiritual children of the desolate one will be more than the children of the married wife, says the Lord. If God didn't give you children, having a child don't make you a woman. Because there are some women that you know and I know who never should have got pregnant. They don't know how to be a woman, let alone how to be a mother. They have no business with children. And the women who want children can't have them. But if God did not open your womb, he'll give you some spiritual children. And he'll give you more children to mother than the, than the women who gave birth. We all know Sister Joyce Robinson here at Lily Grove. Amen. Sister Robinson wanted to have children. She and I talk all the time. And she said God never opened her womb. But God has given her so many spiritual children that, that they even call her my other mother. I was talking to Joyce yesterday and, and she said I, I got something from one of my spiritual children a plaque that I have on my wall right now she said and the plaque reads you did not give me life but life gave me you and to somebody here who does not have a child and you're brooding over it God will send you some spiritual children to take care of you in your old age because it's not always your children who are going to look out for you I wish I had somebody to help me preach here. It's not the ones you raise who are going to take care of you. Sometimes God will raise up somebody outside your own life who will be life and strength for you. Is it well with you? And then he asked that woman, is it well with your husband? And she said, it is well. That too was a lie. Because when the boy got sick, read the scripture. When the child was in the field with his father, had a sunstroke with his father, and his father says, Go meet your mama. Read it, it's right here in the text. And and and, and the father 
is sending the child to his mother because he's busy. He's reaping. He's working. He's too busy to be attentive. He's too busy to be bothered. And we hurt our children. We really wound our children, brothers, when we are too busy to be bothered. I, I used to sit down with Victoria and uh, we would have a tea party. Uh, I'd put on a, a, a little hat like a girl because I was her playmate. And we would sit down and have a tea party. Or she'd be a doctor and I'd be her patient. Or she was a teacher and I was her student. Or she had a dollhouse and she wanted me to get in it. It was too small, but I'd let her get in it and I'd put a little tutu on like she put on a little tutu. And we played and danced. And, and my prayer was, if she doesn't make it, it won't be because I wasn't there. And it's hard enough to raise children when you're there, let alone when you're not there. He, he sent that boy to his mother. And then the mother said, I've got, I've got to go find the man of God. And here is what he said to his wife, whose son is sick unto death. He said, it's not the new moon yet. In other words, it ain't time to go to church. It's not Mother's Day. Christmas. Or Easter. I'm working. I don't have time. Men who lead families, you need to lead your family to church. The church is mostly made up of women because men think it's effeminate to go to church. They think it's girly to go to church. So they want to stay home and watch sports or watch their car or ride their motorcycles. And they don't come to church because church is just too effeminate. You want to make them come to church? Tell them how good your pastor looks on Sunday morning. Brag on how well that man can preach. Oh, that's a good looking. He'll be here next Sunday morning. Because listen, he's a Christmas, Easter, Mother's Day kind of Christian. And he's weak and walked away from the faith. And if that boy is going to be delivered, it's going to take that woman. And, and, then, and then listen, it's not well with him. Because when you read 1 Peter chapter 3 verses 1 and 2, the Bible says, if you can't win him with the word... Win him with your godly behavior. Don't cuss him out because he won't go to church with you. Just live like a Christian. I wish I had somebody to help me preach. Just walk godlike before him and God will use your behavior 
to get him to hear his word. Is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? And then he asked this final question, and I'm through. Is it well with your child? And she said, it is well. She's not telling the truth. The boy is dead. And Elijah, Elisha sees how broken she is, how vexed and bitter she is. And, and when she finally tells him the truth, she's about to fall on Elisha, but Gehazi tries to push her off. Elisha says, let her come because something is vexing her. And she says, why would God give me a child and take it away? Elisha gets on his horse. He and Gehazi go to the woman's house. But before I get to what happens at the, at the end of the text, the late Dr. Billy Graham once told a story of a young girl who lay dying in the hospital. She had a fatal illness. She was an only child, the, the idol of her parents. And the doctor came in the room and the child asked, am I going to live? And the doctor's silence told her everything she needed to know. The girl calls her mother to her bedside and she takes her mother by the hand and she says to her, you taught me how to dress. You taught me how to flirt. You taught me how to dance. You taught me how to make small talk. You taught me how to play cards. You taught me how to smoke a cigarette and how to sip a cocktail. But you never taught me how to find God. And she turned her mother's hands loose and she died. And those were her last words. Your children will inherit either your faith, your failures, or your foolishness. What is it? That you want to leave your children. Here's what it is. Who can find. A virtuous woman. Her price. I wish I had a witness. Is far above rubies. And listen. When you know your value. You don't need a man to validate you. You don't need a child to make you a woman. God will be your husband. God will be your protection. Elisha goes with her to the house. And he goes up in the room where that child is. And the child is laying on Elisha's bed dead. And the Bible says Elisha lays on that boy's body puts his eyes on his eyes his nose on his nose his mouth on his mouth and the bible says the boy starts to get warm 
but he's not moving yet. So Elijah gets back on the boy and And the boy starts to sneeze. He sneezed one time, two and three times, four and five times, six times, but he's not up yet. So Elijah says, he sneezes seven times, which is a number of perfection. And he gets up and comes back to life again. And Elijah presents him to his mother because when he laid on him, that's church. But when he breathed on him, that's the word. And if you want your child to come to life, let him come to church and hear Reverend Anderson say, because there's power in the word. Talk about the preacher all you want. Barbecue the pastor when you get home. Criticize him and say he ain't nothing. But when life turns on you, you will want to know, is there any word from the Lord? I'm through. I know you got to take your little mama to brunch. I'm mad. I ain't got nowhere to go. Uh, Amelia's in North Louisiana with her mama and my sister's with their family. I ain't got nowhere to eat. I guess I'll find a lizard on the side of the road somewhere. Y'all feeling sorry for me? In 1963, President Kennedy went to Texas, came to Texas, because his campaign was failing. He and Vice President Johnson, Governor Connolly, he spent the night in Fort Worth, took a little flight from Fort Worth to Love Field. He and Mrs. Kennedy were in the motorcade. They shook hands with people along the fence, got in the cars, the presidential limousine, and did the motorcade downtown Dallas. It was, it was, it was, it was on television. People were watching it all over the country, and the lines of people on the streets in Dallas was innumerable. The president's limousine had no top on it because he wanted to be able to wave to the people and the people wanted to see Jackie Kennedy. They were coming downtown and they got to Dealey Plaza. But in the meantime, there was a crowd of people at the apparel mart waiting on the president to come and make a speech. The governor's cabinet was there. U.S. Senators and U.S. Representatives were there. The, the highbrow, high society people in Dallas were at the apparel mart. Uh, the commoners were on the streets waving at the president, but the muckety-mucks, the big shots, were at the apparel mart waiting on President Kennedy. And when they got through Dealey Plaza, shots rang out, and the president was hit. He was on his way to Parkland Hospital when they got the word at the apparel mart that the president had been shot. U.S. Senators were at the apparel mart 
U.S. representatives were there. The richest people in Dallas and in Texas was there. All of the highbrow of the city of Dallas was at the apparel mart, but when they got the word that the president had been shot, nobody asked for a U.S. senator. Nobody asked for a U.S. representative. Nobody asked for the highbrow rich people in Dallas. Somebody got to the microphone and said, is there a preacher in the house? And the late Dr. C.B.T. Smith came up to the microphone, bowed his head, and said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. If it's your will, give the president life. And if it is not your will, keep this country together. Let us move forward in your name because your word says, if my people. That's what C.B.T. Smith said. U.S. senators were there. Representatives were there. The governor's cabinet was there. But they said, is there a preacher in the house? Is there a holy man of God that we may inquire of the Lord by him? And brothers and sisters, if you want your children to act right, bring them to church. But don't just bring them to church. Let them hear the word. Because there's power in the word. You know, you know how I can tell the parents at this church who love me? Your children love me. If your children can't stand me, they done heard you talking. Because they are, they are, they are too smart. They are too, they, they are too innocent to know that the pastor ain't nothing. Somebody got to tell them that. And so when I, when, when I speak to them and they don't speak to me, I know where that's coming from. But if they're climbing all over me, I know there's a mother and a father in that house who believe that if you raise your children in the way that they should go, when they are old, they will not depart from it. That's what the Bible says. And I want to ask you as I finish, is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with your child? And if you don't have a husband, if you don't have a man around, is it well with you and your children? And if you don't have children or a husband, is it well with you?